Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. I'm Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be regarding 2 Nephi chapter 5. Now, in a previous episode, I mentioned that uh, almost all of 2 Nephi is about doctrine and not history. This chapter, chapter 5, is the only one that's really of any historical nature. Uh, this one is talking a little bit about um, Nephites leaving, departing from the, uh, where the Lamanites are, um, but this is really the only historical chapter in all of 2 Nephi. Uh, my question for you at the beginning of this podcast is, uh, were there, it mentions that uh, there are priests and teachers. Are those priests and teachers of the Aaronic priesthood? So uh, we'll answer that at the end of the lesson. So stay tuned. All right, verse 1 of chapter 5. Behold, it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cry much unto the Lord my God because of the anger of my brethren. But behold, their anger did increase against me insomuch that they did seek to take away my life. The brothers apparently won't change, so it's time for them to leave. Yea, they did murmur against me, saying, Our younger brother thinks to rule over us, and we have had much trial because of him. They are now assuming their place as the heirs of their father, and will not have Nephi to take over as the heir. Wherefore, now let us slay him. If Nephi is dead, then he can't be the heir, that we may not be afflicted more because of his words. For behold, we will not have him to be our ruler, for it belongs unto us, who are the elder brethren, to rule over this people. Now I do not write upon these plates all the words which they murmured against me, but it sufficeth me to say that they did seek to take away my life. This is the same problem that exists between Jacob and Esau, which is still going on today. Verse 5, And it came to pass that the Lord did warn me that I, Nephi, should depart from them and flee into the wilderness, and all those who would go with me. Now, notice who goes with him in this verse. Verse 6, Wherefore, it came to pass that I, Nephi, did take my family, and also Zoram and his family, and Sam, my elder brother, and his family, and Jacob and Joseph, my younger brethren, and also my sisters. Now, this is the only specific reference in the Book of Mormon that Nephi had sisters as well as brothers. How many sisters there were, whether they were older or younger than Nephi, or what their names have been, are questions not answered in our present Book of Mormon. However, the following statement by Erastus Snow may provide information on some of the sisters of Nephi. The prophet Joseph informed us that the record of Lehi was contained on the 116 pages that were first translated and subsequently stolen, and of which an abridgment is given us in the first book of Nephi, which is the record of Nephi individually, he himself being of the lineage of Manasseh, but that Ishmael was of the lineage of Ephraim, and that his sons married into Lehi's family, and Lehi's sons married Ishmael's daughters. The words that Ishmael's sons married into Lehi's family would seem to indicate that the two sons of Ishmael, back in 1 Nephi chapter 7, verse 6, were married to Lehi's daughters and thus to two of the sisters of Nephi. However, the sisters referred to in 2 Nephi chapter 5, verse 6 that we just read about are evidently still other sisters because the sisters mentioned here follow Nephi when the schism with Laman occurs, whereas the sisters of Nephi who were married to the sons of Ishmael evidently stayed with their husbands and joined with Laman. And that was from Daniel Ludlow, a comparison or a companion to your study of the Book of Mormon. Continuing verse 6, 
And all those who would go with me and all those who would go with me were those who believed in me, who believed in the warnings and the revelations of God. Wherefore, they did hearken unto my words. This is a physical separation now between believers and non-believers. Verse 7, And we did take our tents and whatsoever things were possible for us, and did journey in the wilderness for the space of many days. And after we had journeyed for the space of many days, we did pitch our tents. Joseph Fielding Smith said, The Spirit of the Lord will not argue with men, nor abide in them, except they yield obedience to the Lord's commandments. It is the duty of each member of the church to live humbly, sincerely, and in strict obedience to the commandments that have been given. If this is done, a man will know the truth. Evidently, there are many members of the church who have not received a testimony, simply because they do not make their lives conform to the requirements of the gospel. The Spirit of the Lord cannot dwell in unclean tabernacles, and because of this, the knowledge which is promised is not received. Then again, there are members of the church who take no time to inform themselves by study and faith, and all such are without the inspiration which the faithful are promised. When this is the case, those who are guilty are easily deceived and are in danger of turning away to false doctrines and theories of men. So this is the condition of Laman and Lemuel. Verse 8, And my people would that we should call the place of the name Nephi. Wherefore, we did call it Nephi. Remember, we said before that a Hebrew custom was that you named a, a particular land after the, the first person that comes into the land. And so here we have them naming the place Nephi. And all those who were with me did take upon them to call upon themselves the people of Nephi. And we did observe to keep the judgments and the statutes and the commandments of the Lord in all things according to the law of Moses. So they had the Melchizedek priesthood and officiated in the ordinances of the law of sacrifice under the Mosaic laws. And the Lord was with us, and we did prosper exceedingly, for we did sow seed, and we did reap again in abundance. And we began to raise flocks and herds and animals of every kind. Verse 12, And I, Nephi, had also brought the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass, and also the ball, or compass, which was prepared for my father by the hand of the Lord, according to that which is written. Now, later on, Laman and Lemuel are going to accuse Nephi of stealing these things. Verse 13, And it came to pass that we began to prosper exceedingly and to multiply in the land. And I, Nephi, did take the sword of Laban, and after the manner of it did make many swords, lest by any means the people who were now called Lamanites should come upon us and destroy us. For I knew their hatred towards me and my children and those who were called my people. And I did teach my people to build buildings and to work in all manner of wood and of iron and of copper and of brass and of steel and of gold and of silver and of precious ores, which were in great abundance. And I, Nephi, did build a temple, and I did construct it after the manner of the temple of Solomon, save it were not built of so many precious things, for they were not to be found upon the land. Wherefore, it could not be built like unto Solomon's temple, but the manner of the construction was like unto the temple of Solomon, and the workmanship thereof was exceedingly fine." Now Solomon's temple was only a small building measuring about 90 feet in length and 30 feet in width and height. Hence it was not larger than many of our meeting houses. But the children of Israel were proud of their temple because of the very costly ornaments with which it was embellished. That was from Andrew Jensen in a conference talk of 1923. The original dimensions of the tabernacle were 45 feet long, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet high. The temple of Solomon was exactly twice as large as the tabernacle. The temple to which Christ made his appearance, as recorded in 3 Nephi, would, like the temple in our present text, have been fashioned after the temple of Solomon. The Nephites built temples and worshipped in them until around 200 AD, when they too fell into apostasy, and there remained on the earth no sanctuary recognized by the Lord to which he could come. And that was from Joseph Felix Smith. Verse 17, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cause my people to be industrious and to labor with their hands, 
And it came to pass that they would that I should be their king. But I, Nephi, was desirous that they should have no king. Nevertheless, I did for them according to that which was in my power. And behold, the, the words of the Lord had been fulfilled unto my brethren, which he spake concerning them, that I should be their ruler and their teacher. Wherefore, I had been their ruler and their teacher, according to the commandments of the Lord, until the time they sought to take away my life. Wherefore, the word of the Lord was fulfilled, which he spake unto me, saying that inasmuch as they will not hearken unto my words, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And behold, they were cut off from his presence. And he had caused the cursing to come upon them, yea, even a sore cursing, because of their iniquity. For behold, they had hardened their hearts <clears throat> against him, that they had become like unto a flint. Wherefore, as they were white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, that they might not be enticing unto my people, the Lord God did cause a skin of blackness, or dark or unpleasant, to come upon them. This is the only reference in the entire Book of Mormon where a definite color adjective is used to refer to this mark. All other references call it a skin of darkness or a dark skin. It is of interest to note that the terms blackness and darkness are interchangeable in the Hebrew. Even in modern Hebrew, it is not unusual for some skilled translator to render a word black, whereas other equally skilled translators select dark as the best translation. That was from Daniel Ludlow. Verse 22, And thus saith the Lord God, I will cause that they shall be loathsome unto thy people, save they shall repent of their iniquities. And cursed shall be the seed of him that mixeth with their seed, for they shall be cursed even with the same cursing. And the Lord spake it, and it was done. And because of their cursing, which was upon them, they did become an idle people, full of mischief and subtlety, and did seek in the wilderness for beasts of prey. Apparently, this means that they killed for sport, a, practically, a practice strongly uh, condemned in Scripture. That was from Doctrinal Commentary of the Book of Mormon. Okay, um, down to verse 25. And the, and the Lord God said unto me, They shall be a scourge unto thy seed, to stir them up in remembrance of me, inasmuch, and inasmuch as they will not remember me, and hearken not my, unto my words, they shall scourge them even unto destruction. Hugh Nibley says, One thing the reader of the Book of Mormon is never allowed to forget is that the Nephites lived in a polarized world, in which they perpetually engaged either in hot or cold wars with the Lamanites. Their basic problem was one of survival. Security was an obsession with them. The Nephites had, by all human standards, ample cause for alarm, yet from the beginning they received full, full assurance that God had purposely arranged things that way and that they had absolutely nothing to fear as long as they behaved themselves. God intended that the Nephites should have hostile Lamanites breathing down their necks. Uh, when I read about the, the Nephites leaving the Lamanites and it says that after a few days they pitched their tents, my comment is they just didn't travel far enough. They should have gone lots further away. And maybe a lot of this would have been avoided. All right, verse 26. Uh, and it came to pass that I, Nephi, did consecrate jo Jacob and Joseph that they should be priests and teachers over the land of my people. Now, in, in thinking about this verse, as I asked in the beginning, here it mentions that uh, Jacob and Joseph were priests and teachers, and was that an Aaronic priesthood assignment? Um, the subject of priesthood among the Nephites is an interesting one. At first glance, it would appear that Jacob and Joseph were ordained to be priests and teachers in the Aaronic priesthood. However, there was no Aaronic priesthood prior to Christ among the Nephites. During Mosaic times, only descendants of the tribe of Lehi held the Levitical or Aaronic priesthood. Since the Nephites and Ishmaelites were descendants of Manasseh and Ephraim, respectively, they were not heirs to the Levitical priesthood. Therefore, Nephi, Jacob, and Joseph held the Melchizedek priesthood. Joseph Fielding Smith said, <clears throat> The Nephites were descendants of Joseph. 
Lehi discovered this when reading the brass plates. He was a descendant of Manasseh and Ishmael, who accompanied him with his family, was of the tribe of Ephraim. Therefore, there were no Levites who accompanied Lehi to the Western Hemisphere. Under these conditions, the Nephites associated by virtue of the Melchizedek priesthood from the days of Lehi, I'm sorry, officiated by virtue of the Melchizedek priesthood from the days of Lehi to the days of the appearance of our Savior among them. That was from Joseph Filling Smith in Answers to Gospel Questions. While some have argued that the term priests and teachers referred not to offices in the priesthood, but rather to callings in the church, the scriptural evidence in the Book of Mormon does not support this contention. Uh, it, can a priest be a priest without priesthood? Of course not. Among the Nephites, the offices of priest and teacher were ordained offices of the Melchizedek priesthood. This is what Alma taught. I would that ye should remember that the Lord God ordained priests after his holy, holy order, which was after the order of his son, to teach these things unto the people. Jacob, And that was in uh, Alma chapter 13, verse 1. Jacob reminds us that he and his brother Joseph had been appointed priests and teachers among the people under the hands of Nephi. These callings are descriptive of their labors in the Melchizedek priesthood rather than offices in the Aaronic priesthood as we know them. So far as we know, there was no Aaronic priesthood among the Nephites until possibly the coming of Christ to America. And that was from uh, Bruce R. McConkie and the Promised Messiah. Verse 27, And it came to pass that we lived after the manner of happiness. Happiness is a state of mind. They are pleased with the things of God. And thirty years had passed away from the time we left Jerusalem. And I, Nephi, had kept the records upon my plates, meaning the large plates, which I had made of my people thus far. And it came to pass that the Lord God said unto me, Make other plates, make these small plates of Nephi. This is thirty years after they left Jerusalem. And thou shalt engrave in many things upon them, which are good in my sight, for the profit of thy people." First Nephi through at least to King Benjamin and Mosiah were on the small plates of Nephi. Wherefore I, Nephi, to be obedient to the commandments of the Lord, went and made these plates upon which I have engraven these things. And I engraved that which is pleasing unto God, and, it, and if my people are pleased with the things of God, they will be pleased with mine engravings which are upon these plates. And if my people desire to know the more particular part of the history of my people, they must search mine other plates, meaning the large plates, from which the 116 pages of manuscript were stolen. Verse 34, And it sufficeth me to say that forty years had passed away, and we had already and we had already had wars and contentions with our brethren. They didn't move far enough away. I think I said that before. So, um, the offices of priest and teacher were a Melchizedek priesthood assignments, and... Uh, and so they, because they didn't have the ironic priesthood among them at the time. I bear testimony to the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you in the next episode. Bye.